What's up, podcast world? Hey, welcome back to Known. I hope you had a great weekend. It's a Monday, so I hope your weekend was great. But hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If this is your first time with us, Known is a podcast where we talk to people about the battles and burdens they faced in their lives in hopes to promote an environment of authenticity and get away from this highlight reel mentality that's just plaguing our society right now. So we hope you'll stay with us. We hope you'll join us. we got a great conversation coming up with none other than Cody Anderson. Cody's an amazing guy. We're so glad that we got to sit down with him. We're going to talk a little bit about doubting yourself, about vision over your life, and letting your gifts rest. What does it look like to even rest nowadays? But hey, guys, before we get rolling, we got to plug our sponsor. That's Cody Coffee Company. If you want a new favorite coffee, hop online, www.codycoffee.com. Buy yourself a bag of your new favorite coffee and get it for 25% off using the code KNOWN. Hey, we're so thankful for you. Thank you for listening. Let's get to the podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? We're here today. We're on the line with Mr. Cody Anderson. How you doing, Cody? Good. Hello, everybody. <laughs> well, you just we were just talking a little bit before we started recording, but what have you been up to today so far, Cody? Uh, yeah, I was saying today is like a lazy day, so <laughs> um, woke up at like 9 o'clock and just hanging out with God and praying and yeah, that's basically been the whole day so far. <laughs> that's a solid day though. Hey, yeah. uh, Cody, just for the people as we kind of intro you, uh, if they don't know you or even if just, if they do know you, but they want to know more about you, can you give a little intro about who you are, what you do, where God has you in life right now? Oh, um, yeah. Um, so I guess, I mean, I'm best known for being a CrossFit athlete. So um, I've been to the CrossFit Games three times, uh, 2014, 2017, and 2018. Um, so I've been doing that for a couple years and just kind of building that, I guess, career. Um, now I own a gym. So we opened the gym in November. Um, what was the other question? What I do and what Lord's doing in my life? Yeah, or anything. I mean, we'll circle back to that towards the end, too. Yeah, I mean, he's doing all kinds of stuff. So that's yeah. <laughs> more to talk about. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what else? I guess, like, big important things, like, uh, I don't know. I really have a heart for, um, I feel like, central what God's doing in my life. Like, the past seven years is just, like, centered around his presence and prayer. And I led worship for five or six years, just kind of stepped away from that for a season. Um, so that's a big piece of my life that I guess I don't, like, have the opportunity to share on social media all the time, but, uh, it's another pretty big piece of what I do. Awesome. So how, how often do you get to do that now? Mm, uh, now, uh, in terms of worship leading, you mean? Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, like I said, I stepped away from it. Um, like I think the last time I led actually was like two or three weeks ago or something. So that was like going to be my last time for an undetermined period of time. Um, but I don't know, there's a little bit of a backstory behind that we can get into if, I don't know if you just want to jump into the crazy. Yeah, no, go ahead, dive into it. How did you get into <laughs> leading worship? Yeah, so you said you wanted uh, authenticity and vulnerability, so this, whole, this story kind of has some of that. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess leading worship, it, it was cool. It's like, and it's the same story with CrossFit, right? Like, I feel like my story is very much one of like, uh, the Lord didn't give me any success until my heart was in a place where I could handle it, or... Um, in a place where it, uh, how do I say this, where my priority wasn't like making a name for myself is like my highest priority was like giving him glory. And so <clears throat> usually what I share in my stories is like, you know, 2014 regionals, first year I made it to the games, I had, uh, you know, just the attitude and heart posture of like every, every time before, you know, going out onto the field, like the prayer was, God, I just want to glorify you and whether I win or I lose. Like that's, I just want you to have glory. And, um, so it was cool. And then like, that was when I know you guys know, like Cole Sager, like that's where I met him. And so it was just cool. Like getting to pray that kind of, with that kind of attitude together. And so it was kind of, kind of same thing with worship. Like, um, it just started in my bedroom, like with a guitar and I didn't want anybody to hear me play for like two years. And so, <laughs> Just, I mean, that's where it was developed, and so I feel like he really gave me an opportunity to develop, like, a love for that, and it wasn't about being on a stage. Like, I didn't care. Like, I wasn't even, like, thinking about that. Like, I just, like, wanted to worship Jesus. 
Um, and so it just started like small, like steps of obedience. Like I had the opportunity to just like get together with a couple friends. And like, that was the first time I like, I guess, technically led worship or like played in front of anybody. And so we just like, it was like kind of living room style, like got together and prayed and sang some songs and worship Jesus. And then just like random opportunities started opening up like this church that I was going to just got, they found out, I you know, played and sang and, um, you know, invited me up there. And so that was like my first exposure to it. And then a couple years down the road, um, you know, just, just kind of, I guess the rest is history. So yeah, I've, I've done that for, I want to say since it would have been at like, since at least 2013, I think. So I think it was like five solid years of, of doing that. But, um, but yeah, what took me out of it was like, there's, uh, and I know like a lot of CrossFit athletes are in this season too, right? It's like the, with this changes and everything, it's like, I don't, you don't know really like what the, what your year is going to look like. <clears throat> um, and so there's a little bit of like evaluating that. And so like, I, I mean, my, I, I've posted this on social media and stuff too, but, um, I mean, my decision was just to take the year off of being like a, a, an athlete and focus on the gym and whatever else I felt like he wanted me to do. Um, but in that, there's just like a ton of, uh, stuff to learn and, um, just getting overwhelmed with like running a business and still trying to train as an athlete and, um, just, you know, really trying to invest in like certain relationships and, um, and then, you know, the, the responsibility of like, you know, ministry and leading worship and stuff. And so I had a little bit of like a, I wouldn't call it like a complete nervous breakdown, but like it was pretty close. Um, <laughs> So it was like, I remember like I walked into the gym, uh, and like I had to coach and I was just feeling really, really bad. Um, and I've never like really understood with like, it's given me like some understanding of people who just struggle with anxiety because before people are like, I'm anxious. I'm like, okay, you can just like get it, like take some deep breaths or like pray or something and get over it. But it's not like that. Like I remember walking into the gym and just like one of our bikes was like crooked or something, you know, it was like kind of out of place. And I like wanted to break down in tears. Um, and so it was like, uh, just really weird and like a foreign feeling to me. And it was like, something's wrong. And so just like in our office, like sobbing, calling my parents, asking them to pray for me and <laughs> like, I need help. Um, so it was pretty intense. And so that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of like, open my eyes, like something needs to change. And so I felt like, you know, what God said, this was probably January, February, um, he's just kind of like, you need to let your gift rest. Like we need to take some things off your plate. And so now I feel like where I'm at is like, God's really calling me into a season of rest and learning what that looks like. Um, and I'm still figuring it out. Honestly, I did like, I'm kind of like, I know my tendency is to find identity in what I'm doing instead of who God says I am. So, um, I guess that's kind of where I'm at now, but that's kind of the story and in, in the gist of worship to where I'm at now. Hmm. That's, uh, there's a few things I want to circle back on from that. That's usually it takes like 20 minutes till we get to the vulnerable part. So I love when people just, <laughs> just open up vulnerable. That makes yeah, I, like, I like that you said that. Cause it's like, I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not a crazy fan of small talk and it's like, especially with like a podcast like this, you know, we're thinking, I mean, we have the same worldview and stuff. So it's like, why not? I know when you lead with vulnerability, it's like, I don't know. I just love those kind of conversations, even if it makes me look a little more pathetic or something I, don't no. know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the cool thing about it is once you realize that uh that's kind of the way that a lot of us are designed to feel when we have conversations it actually makes you look less pathetic i think um yeah. which is cool <clears throat> it's kind of this false narrative that we have to fight against but i want to mm-hmm. ask you um i had this actually further down the list of something to ask you but how do you find the balance so one of the most recent podcasts that we did was with blake from respect the corners um mm-hmm. And so Blake and I talked a lot, not on the podcast, but off air, we talked about how it's hard to get CrossFit athletes, even the Christian ones, to buy into uh, taking time away from training to say, let's go to Blake's world, go hike in the Himalayas and hand out Bibles or something like that. Um, So what's the balance like? You talked a little bit. I really like you said your God was kind of putting it on your heart to let your gifts rest. Um, Mm -hmm. I I guess to me, it's tough because... In the business world, if someone said, man, I got I to gotta train 12 hours a day, I got to be working 12 hours a day to make my sales because there's an end of the year budget that I have to meet, 
Um, and people would say, well, you're putting your work over God. But in the CrossFit world, people say, well, I got to train all this time. I can't go hike in the Himalayas to go hand out Bibles. I can't go do all these things uh, because I got to, this is my job. This is where God has put me. And I think sometimes we put ultimately good things over the ultimate thing. And so what's yep. the balance look like for that? Because it is, I mean, I compare it to business, but sometimes I would, I would venture to say that business isn't quite as demanding as trying to make it to the CrossFit Games. Um, so it definitely, yep. I understand you have to, uh, there's give and take there. But what does that look like, you think? Have you, do you see athletes that are kind of um, doing that? And I want you to talk more from your perspective so this doesn't turn into any gossip or anything like that. But um, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can totally understand, like, where that's coming from and um yeah i think it just i have like kind of two different opinions on it like one is it's like god's plan or you know whatever desire is going to look a little bit different for all of us right so it's like maybe he has called you to like only do crossfit or something for this period of time in your life and i don't think that's wrong and i think that's like a call that like you have to make as an athlete and as a believer um if you are the kind of person that can pray and like hear the lord and what he's saying for your life i think that's the most important thing um so i mean i could see that being a thing but then also like i've struggled with that too it's like especially in the area of um like fasting is a good example like I i don't it's not like a huge discipline of mine at this point because I struggle to keep weight on as it is, but it's like, it's a biblical thing and I want to have that discipline in my life. So it's like, where do we find the balance there? Um, and so I don't really have that figured out, but I want to, you know, for me, I want to keep my heart and my life in a place where it's not CrossFit or my career or whatever business isn't an idol. So this is just, I guess, speaking for me personally, where I feel like my kind of boundary is at is I can usually tell if something's more important, because if I really trust God, then, and he's saying clearly, like, you need to go on this Himalayas trip, then I shouldn't be worried about losing my fitness, you know, by eating rice and hiking for nine days. Um, so that's kind of where, where I'm at with it. It just comes to like, I I can tell if, if I'm in a place where I'm not trusting versus usually I can, I can tell, if it's just not something I should be doing. So I've said no to like certain opportunities just because I don't feel like it's something I need to do. But in other things like Nepal, like there's a whole crazy story behind that of the way that like God just opened like these sequential doors of opportunity to like get to go with Blake. And like now those guys are like, they're such a blessing to my life. They're really good friends and I super appreciate just the influence they've had. So um, yeah, I guess all I have to say is kind of a judgment call based on the way you hear God. And I think it's up to the person. We can't try not to make too many judgments about it, I guess. No, absolutely. For other people. <clears throat> no, that's really good. Um, it's difficult. Definitely. <laughs> so what, uh, I want to also circle back around to, um, you talk about how God kind of has brought you success once the state of your heart is in a position that's submissive to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of the destination, but where there's a destination, there's usually a journey. And so what was the journey to that point like for, I know for me, my natural bent is not to give God the glory. And so it's a fight against the flesh to do mm-hmm. that. And then I think I've, I've, I haven't arrived, but I'm at a spot where I'm better at that than I ever have been. But mm-hmm. that, that was fighting flesh, not stumbling into holiness, you know? Yeah, there. Uh, yeah, I think there's a level of intentionality with that. I, I think the battle for me was harder. Like once I was kind of I'd, I'd been established in it for a while, because um, before I didn't have. I mean, I guess I had aspirations to compete at that level, but I didn't actually think I could do it. Uh, so, yeah, like going back to 2014, my goal was just to finish in the top 50 percent. So at the time, they had, would take 48 competitors to regionals and. Um, I just wanted to finish 24th or better. I ended up second at the end of the weekend. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of going back to like the worship thing of like developing a history and like a seek, like a, not a secret relationship, but like a relationship in that kind of like one-on-one where you have your own relationship with God. Um, and so I think that just like it, 
I mean, God sees everything, right? He's outside of time. So he knew it's like, this is like preparation for the future. But for me, I was just enjoying where I was at. And like, I mean, that's a period of time. I was like 21 years old trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do with my life. And so it's like, God, like open a door, like whatever you want to do. So I think is that level of surrender. So I think there's probably, not to say that I'm perfect in like wanting to, you know, like I never want to glorify myself or anything, but I think the, you know, it's, it's more of a struggle once you have, you know, a following or something and, you know, there's something to lose for me at least. Um, and so that's like, now I have to keep my heart in check a little bit more than I did back then. I think that's really good. So what was that like? Uh, you kind of mentioned at the beginning, you didn't really know if you could do the things that you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, being someone who from the outside looking in, you know, the age old, don't judge a book by its cover. You don't look the part necessarily as much as some of these other guys do. Mm -hmm. Um, but you still compete and you do so well at the sport that you're, that God has you in. Um, what has that been like? Because I would imagine if you're anything like me at first, it's, it's fighting the doubt of like, can I even do this? And then once you actually get it, it's like, can I maintain this? You know? And what's that like? Um, just fighting that. Cause I think they're from your life. It looks like that for a lot of other people's life. It looks like doubt coming from other areas and not believing that they have the capacity to do what God has called them to. Um, yeah. and I love the quote, uh, if weakness is a strength and dependence is the advantage. And I think looking from the outside, looking in at your life, it seems like that's a lot of your story, right? Of like, I'll, I'm just going to be dependent on what God's called me to and see what happens. Um, totally. so can you talk about that a little bit? Just fighting doubt, fighting kind of the, the self-imposed belief that I'm not capable. Yeah. That's a huge one too. Cause it's like, we're taught. I, well, I mean, at least I, I mean, I, I guess I wasn't taught, but it's like, you kind of like learn it. I think just from like being in like, I guess, Christian culture sometimes that humility is like not believing in yourself. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I would say that, that, uh, mentality really didn't like get solidified in me until after 2017. So, you know, 2014, I was like, constantly battling like I shouldn't really be here you know this is just a fluke I remember like freaking out watching videos of like the previous year at the games like I don't think I can even pick up a you know they had like the pig flip or whatever that year um so yeah tons of tons of self-doubt and because I mean you know all of your weaknesses and shortcomings you don't see that in everybody else and especially on Instagram or Facebook or whatever you only see the highlight highlight reel of people's lives so you're seeing all the stuff that they're good at and, you know, people are successful in the stuff that maybe is a weakness for you. So it's super easy to get caught up in, I don't think I can do this. Um, and so for me, it's just, I think, I, I mean, I think I tried to maintain the attitude of like, well, like you open this door of opportunity, God. So I'm just going to trust that I'm here for a reason. Uh, obviously, I, I didn't do that perfectly all the time. Like there was still moments of self-doubt. And like I said, um, in 2017, I think is kind of like where that shift happened to where I just started to realize it was okay to believe in myself. Like believing in myself isn't pride because it's the stuff that God's placed there already. And like, he wants us to be like amazing. We want, he wants us to shine. He doesn't want us to just, um, I don't know, just demean ourselves and not believe that we're amazing. Like he created us in his image and, um, yeah, so I think it was just like kind of a mentality shift. And for me, I think one of the practical things that helped was uh, just declaration, like finding truths in the Bible <clears throat> that I felt like God was speaking to me personally, things that are like simple and easy to remember, like write down and then just forming like a uh, like an identity statement or something. Like for me, like I, you know, something I say over myself a lot is that I'm worthy of love, um, that I'm already good enough you know, obviously we're going to, you know, it's a journey and we're not, no one's perfect, but I don't need to get better for God to love me. So, I mean, that's just my personal thing. And so that's a powerful declaration for me, but that's something that practically helped me. I think around that time is when God kind of took me through that season of, of starting to believe that, uh, it's okay to be exceptional at something, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. That's really good. So how do you, believing that and doing those things and, and knowing like it's okay to be exceptional. How do you kind of help? How do you use that to speak it over other people's lives? Cause you have this platform now and you have this ability to, for lack of a better term, influence people. Um, mm -hmm. how do you, how have you found that 
that you can use that best and that you can use it to honor God. Um, I think that's something, a platform is something a lot of people are desiring for right now. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think a lot of it, like, like you referenced earlier is with, with the motive of self glorification. Um, Mm -hmm. and so how do you find yourself utilizing that and holding yourself accountable to, uh, the, the faith and the methods that you've been called to? Yeah. Um, you mean like in terms specifically of like the platform that I have? In, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I feel like I'm still figuring that one out, to be honest, because I, I don't think the answer is posting Bible verses all the time on your no. on your page. You know, like, I mean, that can be part of it. But like, and, I, you know, I do that every once in a while. But I know also, like, I have a following that doesn't believe the way I do. And I don't think people's lives are changed by just like it having like shoved in their faces all the time. So I'm trying to strike a balance of if I feel that God really speaks something powerfully to me that I feel like people can benefit from, um, I want to package it in a way that is like biblically accurate and interpreted well and not just like post a verse and like have be like, you know, figure it out for yourself kind of thing. So um, I think probably... I mean, I, I don't know in terms of, I guess there's athletes out there that post more like Bible verses than I do just because of the way, like, I don't want it to be, um, and I'm not saying other athletes are flippant with it, but uh, that's just the way I like to do it. Like I like to, I like it to be something that speaks powerfully to me and so that I can own for myself and communicate to other people, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of like striking that balance of, you know, because it is our job too. You know, you have that's where, you know, your Instagram followers or whatever determine like what kind of sponsors you can get. And so if you're trying to turn this into a, a career, then it's a job, too. So you have to like kind of strike that balance of like um, showing people that you're you're good at what you do. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess it probably is more of a heart posture thing and making sure I think another important thing for me, at least, is making sure I'm surrounded by people who are going to influence me in a positive direction, uh, and not just let me get super off course. Like I have people in my life that would definitely call me out. If they start to see me become prideful or too into myself or something like that. Um, I don't know if that kind of answers the question. No, but. absolutely. I want to go down that road too. Now that you brought it up, the, um, what's the importance of community been in your life? Cause it sounds like you have people that, I mean, I just got out of a meeting before with you of, um, we were talking about how Proverbs 27, everyone wants to quote iron sharpens iron, but no one wants yep. to quote faithful are the wounds of a friend, you know? And uh, so, and some, and those verses are in the same chapter for a reason. And yeah. so I think, um, what's it like having actual biblical community around you? And what does that look like for people who love you enough to wound you when it's the necessary thing that God has called them to do in your life? Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I like that a lot. Because we live in such an individual individualistic culture, right? And so mm-hmm. we can think like I can, I yeah, I'm I'm, I, I think the idea that you can have a relationship with God on your own and be fully walking in like all the purposes that He has for your life is a lie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not saying only a relationship with God, and not being part of a community mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. We we need our individual relationship with God, and then we need like a corporate, you know, uh, community of people because, you know, it's like all over the Bible, right? Anytime it talks about spiritual gifts, like I think Paul is like, you know, does everybody prophesy? Does everybody an evangelist? Does everybody do this and that? Like, it's like, no, of course not. Like we need the whole body of Christ if we want to be doing everything that we want to do. Um, and I know that the Bible is written more from that perspective. Like the Eastern perspective is they're, they're more concerned about like the clan and like the, the, the whole group of people and not my life fulfilling my purpose. And so I think that's something that's really hard as an American to get. And like something I still struggle with too. Um, but I know just from my personal life, I mean, I went just like a couple month period of, you know, when I was kind of in between churches and the place that I'm at now, like it's super easy to get off course and I, I could never be, I wouldn't be as close to God in my own personal relationship. And I definitely wouldn't be like walking in like all the things that he's had me doing if I was just trying to do it alone and, you know, 
reading a Bible verse every day and trying to do some devotions or something like we need, whether it's church on a Sunday for you, whether it's like, I think it can look like a lot of different things, but we need community. We need people like you're saying that are willing to call you out and have relationships that are vulnerable enough to, um, to be real and like make yourself know it's okay. Like people that can extend grace to you and who can receive grace themselves, I think is huge. And I think, I think a huge thing, one of the things that God's been teaching me is that grace doesn't always look like new tolerance, right? Of like grace mm-hmm. doesn't always, a lot of, I think a lot of times grace looks more like truth, but yep. truth is spoken with grace. Um, they're kind of a symbiotic relationship. But mm-hmm. what, uh, how have you seen that? Because it, it'd be really easy for you to just put yes men around you, right? Because you have a platform, you're successful in what you do. Um if you wanted to, it'd be easy to just be surrounded by yes men. What would be the detriment you think to your relationship with God, to your relationship with other people, if you uh, surrounded yourself by yes men to feed an ego or to feed something that uh, allowed you to walk in maybe more of a cultural truth than a biblical truth? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it would just look like compromise in your life, and I, I guess for for me personally, it's like I'm trying to picture of like picture what that would actually be like. And I think it would just be really, um, unfulfilling, you know, because you're never actually challenged and you probably would never end up growing because yeah, like you said, if you're surrounded by yes men, people telling you you're perfect all the time, there's no reason to change. Um, so yeah, to me that just seems really unappealing and boring, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, like I love growing and I love like the, the growth that vulnerability brings and like being able to be a part of other people's breakthrough. And like, that's what my heart like really like burns for is just to like, I mean, to, you know, whether it's iron sharpening iron or whether I think we should always try to be, and I don't think every season is like this, but you know, having a hand up where we have somebody that can disciple us and then a hand down where you're able to pour into somebody else's life and that peer to peer relationship. Um, I think ideally that's the life that I want to live all the time. Um, but yeah, I think it's just so much more fulfilling. Like if you can get yourself into a place where you can really trust grace and trust that God's going to love you no matter what, uh, and be willing to let other people that are trustworthy into like those maybe shame places in your life where shame still has a, a hold. Like I've experienced so much healing in that and I wouldn't trade it for anything else now. I love that. So is there, is there a time like a specific thing that you can think of where you kind of led with your junk and led with vulnerability and you saw that people related better to your weaknesses than your strengths and it opened doors for you to have conversation or have relationship or have opportunities? Um, yeah. I mean, even, even just recently, like, uh, you know, what I, what I shared at the beginning of just about my breakdown and, you know, I mean, there's other things that I can't get into with that, but just, you know, struggles like certain relationships and then just like my own, like things that I didn't even know I believed until they kind of came to the surface, if that makes sense. I don't, I don't know if I explained that very well, but, um, basically it's like, we don't know really what's even completely in our hearts until we face a situation that makes it rise to the surface, you know? So I realized there are a lot, a lot more places of fear or pride, uh, in my life, um, that needed to be taken care of. And so even like, yeah, when you're in the middle of the process, being able to share that with people, I think leading with vulnerability, like makes other people feel like they can be vulnerable themselves, right? Because it's a situation where we're always kind of like, we have like a defensive wall up. And when you let yours down, it's like, okay, well, I know they're not going to attack me now because I've got, maybe because I've got something on them or I, I don't know. I think it's all subconscious, but um, yeah, I think leading with vulnerability is, is a huge, huge part of, of allowing other people into that and giving them the opportunity for breakthrough, whatever they need. Yeah. I think, I think too, um, if you, if you don't agree with this, let me know. But I think too, like your vulnerability is the open invitation for other people to be vulnerable. So there's likely people in your life 
that are waiting to be vulnerable or waiting to have the opportunity to say something or need to get us something off their chest that maybe, like you said, they don't even know is in them right now. And yeah. the open invitation of your vulnerability is their open door to be vulnerable, I think. Yeah, I've, no, I totally believe that. And so I think I think that's awesome. And you kind of said that um, what you're saying about how sometimes you don't know what's really in you until a, a process or a situation makes it rise to the top. I think, too, I mean, you were talking before we started recording of um, – just how one of the things you've done today, just spend time with God and pray. And I think if you're not intentionally making that margin, sometimes it's hard to find the things that, that are in you that aren't at the surface. And I think sometimes that quiet, that margin, that rest, that, like you said, letting your gift rest is what allows us to see the things that maybe the cultural truths in my life, it's cultural truths that I've bought into that weren't actually biblical. Yeah. And so I have to re-navigate like, okay, that I listened to that and I don't know where that came from, but mm-hmm. I'm, rooting my life, let's say right now, like, um, I found that for the last about year, I rooted a lot of my life on making decisions based on feelings. And that's not necessarily biblical with all the scripture that tells us the fickleness of our hearts. Right. And so trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I backtrack back to the source of men? Like I'm called to guard my heart and I'm, I know that, that my heart and my natural bent is going to be towards the path of least resistance. And that's not necessarily what God's called me to. Um, (laughs) and so how, I guess for you, I love one of the things I really like about you, Cody, is it seems like you, you don't take yourselves too seriously, but you take the things that need to be taken seriously, seriously. Um, if that makes sense. And so I think like, how do you, from, from the mustache to the way that you kind of carry yourself on the competition floor, I think you, you exude humility. Well, um, how do you kind of do that? And what's your motivation behind carrying yourself the way that you do? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think just well knowing knowing the things that are make or break, you know, really important versus the things that are just like yeah, like the whole mustache thing, like it's kind of ridiculous what the internet has done with that. <laughs> what's, the, what's the backstory on the mustache? Uh, it's actually Blake. Uh, okay. <laughs> was the inspiration behind it. Um, but yeah, so we I, I first met him in 2015. And I was like, I want to, I want to see like what I'm capable of in terms of facial hair growth. And so it looked really gross for like two years. And then I feel like it looks a little bit better now, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah, so that's the story behind it. And then just, I didn't do anything to promote it or draw attention to it. People just started talking about it. Um, but yeah, I totally, I, I love like just being silly on social media and kind of like in a fun way, like poking fun at like the cultural, just like things that we do and, um, and try not to like be a part of, I, I don't know. I kind of like try to swim up against the current. It's just my personality, but in a way that's silly, but, um, yeah, there is like that serious side of like, I love Jesus and I want to glorify him. And so I think that's just such a, a core value and something that my life is built upon at this point that, um, it's just kind of is who I am. I don't really think about that too much when I'm, you know, like you said, like on the competition floor or whatever. Um, yeah, I think, uh, what's that concept of like allowing yourself to actually be transformed instead of just trying to change your behavior, like our behavior is motivated by something deeper. Um, you know, it's in, it's in the heart and it has to do with those, those core and foundational beliefs and who you really believe God is. And, um, yeah. So if I'm just trying to change my behavior to make like, I need to be more humble or I need to, um, you know, not cuss as much or, you know, you can fill in the blank for whatever it is you struggle with. Like there's always, I think there's always something deeper going on. If you can get to the deeper belief or whatever thing you're telling yourself is then the, the behavioral change in your heart will be transformed. I really like that. I think, um, I've heard the quote before that great leaders think in terms of people and average leaders think in terms of programs. And mm-hmm. I think if, if we believe Jesus is a great leader, which you, <coughs> sh- you likely should believe, and if he's the leader of your life, then I think one of the ways he does that, exactly what you're talking about, is he believes in people and he puts people around you. And we, we circle back to what we were just talking about, about if you're not in community, if you don't have people around you that are willing to say the things that need to be said and not just... Um, I think tolerance in the face of truth is a travesty, right? And so when you're tolerating something with that, that needs to be spoken truth into, 
um, I think you're, you're missing an opportunity to really help someone grow and help someone build. Have you seen that kind of the way that you carry yourself is, is really a function of the practice that you've had practice for lack of a better term of actually being around people and living life in an authentic and genuine way. I think the, I think you on the competition, excuse me, you on the competition floor is it's likely more of a knee jerk reaction based off the day to day life that you're living more than it is you trying to be humble and trying to be certain behaviors. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like that's kind of, I mean, if you're trying to change when the rubber meets the road, like already, uh, then I think you're a little too late. I mean, you can maybe pull it off if you're lucky, but, and I mean, there, there's, there's grace for all of that. Like, you know, none of us are, I mean, I said before, like none of us are perfect. We're all on a journey. So, um, yeah, it's not, it's not perfect, but, um, yeah, I think that just allowing yourself to really be changed, you know, in the secret place or in, in community, that's the place where, you know, actual lasting impact and change for your life. And then the fruit that's born outside of it is going to, is mostly going to happen. I love it. That's awesome. So what, um, Cody, have you had a time where you questioned your path (laughs) where you're like, man, why am I doing this long day at the gym? Maybe like you talked about earlier, you, or you, um, kind of were hit with some moments of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Can you think of one or multiple specific times where you've questioned the path that God has you on? Yeah. Like every week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, I mean, and it, it depends on like the intensity of it. Like sometimes like, especially now with like so much being up in the air about, you know, the CrossFit season and, um, I guess where my life is at right now. Um, I feel like there's a lot of, and kind of like I was saying before, like God's like calling me into a season of rest and I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if I'm going to go back into competition next year or if it's time to be done. And so right now I'm kind of just still doing what I do because I don't have any direction otherwise. Um, but it's hard when you don't have vision for your life. Right. So, um, yeah, I think it's important just to be seeking vision. And sometimes like, I, I remember, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I, I would say probably the biggest period of time in that was 2015 and 2016, you know, when I missed the games for two years. Uh, and it was really like, should I still be doing this? I still live with my parents. I make like maybe a thousand bucks a month coaching CrossFit. And so it's like, I'm making a lot of sacrifices to maintain this lifestyle of training and stuff. And it's like, is this really what you want me to do, God? Like, couldn't I be doing something else? And, and so I think in those times, like, I mean, what I did, there was a lot of questioning, but I just stayed on the path that, you know, until God opens another door, sometimes you just need to keep moving forward in what he's already placed in front of you. So I think there's an aspect of faithfulness to that. Um, but then pairing that with, you know, always seeking vision and asking him, you know, is there other stuff? Like, what do you want to say to me today? Like, it's kind of like, I'm going this direction, but if you want to change it, we can change it at any moment. I'm holding everything with an open hand because I know whatever he comes up with is going to be better than anything I can think of. So, but no, that's great. I think my memory verse for a few days ago was in Proverbs chapter 29. It talks about where there is no vision, the people will perish. Yep. Um, and so what for you, I think, I think sometimes a vulnerability is speaking about the hopes, dreams, and desires for your life because you don't want people to step in and crush them. Um, so yep. what, what is the vision for where Cody Anderson's going to end up and what's the <laughs> hope of where God is calling you to? And I think it's easy to step in with a false humility and say like, Oh, you know, I don't know. It's just all up to God. But I think, <laughs> the reality is that a lot of us do have desires and hopes. And some of those are Psalm, th- Psalm 37 desires that are good, right? Desires from God. And so what's that look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, I mean, the thing I feel like he's been speaking to me lately is, uh, it's out of Philippians. I don't remember what verse it is, but, um, I'm going to space it now. <laughs> uh, some of it, it's like God works in us to will and act according to his good pleasure. Hmm. Right. So, if he's, I mean, the way like I interpret that for my own, like Cody Anderson translation is, uh, the desires and dreams that you have, if your heart's yielded to him, it's because he's putting them there. If that makes sense. Um, and so, I mean, I can see there, there's so many things that I feel like I would love to do. 
and I don't know the timing on all of it. I think some is like very long term, and others maybe is the you know the next thing that he kind of opens an you know opportunity with. But um, yeah, I I could I could see myself you know competing for a couple more years. But then I mean, there's other like completely unrelated aspects. Like I feel like I have a heart, and more and more, you know, heart for missions. Um, you know, I'm I'm hoping we can put another uh, Himalayas trip together this year with RTC and. Um, I was just talking to, so I'm going to talk to somebody next week about going to Nicaragua for a while. Um, and then there's just kind of other dreams that I have with the gym. Like I would love to get us, our, us into a place where we're able to like sponsor, um, some kind of, I mean, there's plenty of organizations out there, but like sponsor some kids or something from a certain area or group. And then, you know, the right now I'm, I'm kind of working and trying to get some wisdom on putting a uh, like a discipleship group together for the gym um and then doing something of like sending our people that we disciple the gym there you know as a mission kind of thing so i feel like i have that in my heart a lot um you know i mentioned like worship leading i've, I've gotten a lot of people prayed over me that like i'm supposed to write music uh and then so yeah i mean there, there, there's like dreams of that and they're all it's kind of still all like ethereal and like out you know, in the, in the distance, I don't have like super solid idea of like exactly what I think it's going to look like. But, um, I know, I mean, for those three things specifically, I feel like he's definitely placed in there. And so I think I'll do at some point, um, beyond that, if, you know, I know there's lots more, but. That's awesome. So what, uh, if you're, I don't know if you journal or not, Cody, but if you were or are a journaling kind of guy, what's God teaching you right now? What are you journaling about? Um, yeah, well, kind of like I mentioned, like just just getting vision for this season of life. Um, uh, specifically, like the last like entry, I guess, in my journal was about um, just specific things that I want, you know, a group that we started the gym to look like. I don't think the answer is like, let's do a Bible study or like go through a book together. Um, I don't have any problem with that, but in my experience, I've never gotten a ton of life out of that. Like I want something that like, if God doesn't show up, it's really bad, <laughs> you know? Um, so kind of like, I mean, it's faith, right? Like putting yourself in a position where if you're believing that he's going to do something because otherwise, um, it's not going to work. So something like that. Um, I want to train people in like learning to hear the voice of God for themselves. Uh, and like learning to pray and really like somebody was talking to me the other day about um, the concept of disciples who make disciples. And I realized that I was kind of stopping at like my own calling and making disciples. And I kind of stopped there. But I think for me, at least, it was a big mental shift of like, no, putting the tools in other people's hands and not just like handing them the interpretation of everything and like imparting all the revelation I get, but like training people to search things out for themselves and then they're equipped to go and make disciples themselves. And that's the way that I think Jesus wanted it. So, um, I think that's kind of where God has me at. And then, like I said, like learning to rest, I'm still very much in the process of that, like learning to lay down all these hopes and dreams that I just talked about and just allow myself to be, um, and have peace with where he has me at right now and learn to just enjoy him, uh, I think is, is something that I still have a lot to learn in. And I think kind of like where if I were, if I were to describe the seasonal life I was in, I would say it's probably somewhere in that realm. I really like that. I think I heard this year, I got to spend some time with some uh, really cool guys that are part of something really cool down in Dallas at Watermark church. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Mm -hmm. um, but that's one of the things they say is their their metric of discipleship is that if, if your disciple hasn't made another disciple, then they're not really your disciple yet. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And I really like that standard to be held to that standard of um, that's how, that's how growth happens, right? It doesn't happen. It doesn't stop at you. And so yep. I think that's super cool to hear that that's kind of what you're saying and where you're going. What's a, you kind of just were, I think alluding to it, but what's an area that is it rest kind of that God is exposing in your life is something that uh, you need to dive a little deeper into. Uh, yeah, I, th I think there's, th I think there's something for me to learn in terms of, of making that for lack of a better word, a discipline. Um, and like earlier I was going through a book called emotionally healthy spirituality and a lot of, um, 
a lot of what that kind of center, the, the book centers around like the idea of the way that like monks or like just prayer people, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but basically people had disciplines in, in life of taking, you know, just small chunks out of their day to set aside, get totally quiet with God, you know, like 15 minutes, like be quiet, pray, and then go back into your normal life. Um, and so I'm trying to, with some success right now, like cultivate that as a practice in my lifestyle, like at least once or twice, like setting aside, even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes just to be quiet and like kind of like reset my heart and my mind. Um, and I found a lot of like, I don't really know how to describe it because it doesn't seem like that powerful of a thing if you're only taking 10 or 15 minutes, but it really does make a difference. I think, um, to realign kind of, you know, setting down all the stuff that you don't need to be carrying for the day. Um, and so I think, and my hope is that, you know, I learn that practice and it just becomes something that I carry with me for the rest of my life. Um, and pairing that with, with having vision, you know, um, to know where I'm going and have a, have a goal ahead so that I'm actually chasing after something. And yeah. That's yeah, it does. I'm right there on the same vein with you trying to figure out. I think if we really examine scripture, we see that most often revelation comes in rest or mm-hmm. because I, th- I think rest is a position of submission to Christ because there's d- always something you can be doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're submitting that time to Christ and showing, yeah. Hey, like I'm, I'm here. I love Spurgeon says, speak Lord, your servant is listening. Um, I think that's a powerful line to kind of start time of rest with. And, um, but yeah, really enjoy that. Have you found any kind of is like, have you found a method, I guess, to how you are better able to rest and to attain that? Is it scheduling it into your day or is it um, doing it consistently at the same times or anything like that? Uh, I, I think that's a good idea. It just depends on, I mean, I think it, it just depends on what your life looks like, you know, it's like owning a gym. There's lots of like periods throughout the day, you know, you have breaks between classes and stuff. So when I can, Um, I try to, I try to work that in and just like, you know, go in back into the office and just be quiet for a while. Um, or I I find it's even better if I can, I mean, there's just like practical things like changing your environment because the gym I think is a place where in my brain it's work. And so I think about work there. And so if I can actually like take the time to drive home and just take a couple minutes, like I notice a difference there. Um, and then other like practice, small practical stuff, like start with like just deep breathing and not jumping right into, um, into prayer. Like I'm not in a hurry. God, I don't have like an agenda here. I just want to meet with you. Um, so yeah, just, just stuff like that. And like I said, I'm still, I'm still figuring it out. And I, I think you have to figure out what works for you because he's mm-hmm. created all of us differently. Um, but for me, just the more like practical things, that I could actually do instead of just keeping it as like a conceptual idea um, really helps. So deep breathing, changing my environment, being really intentional. And then uh, I I like kind of what you were hitting on is like, there's always something else to do. And so I noticed like in in my devotional life, otherwise, if I don't, if I don't, um, if I don't go into that with, with intention, then I'll like talk to God while I'm driving or in the shower, brushing my teeth, like just like, None of those things are bad, but I notice it's a lot harder for me to hear God because I'm not fully present just with him. Hmm. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's, I think it's pretty important. That's good. So what, as we kind of land the plane here, Cody, what, what does humility mean to you? I think that's something we like to ask people that may have some insight on it. Um, we branded a company humble daily and we're still figuring out what humility means to us. I think, uh, C.S. Lewis calls humility the prince of all virtues, and I think that's because if you add together almost every virtue, it'll equal humility, kind of. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. what uh, what does humility mean to you, and what's it look like in your life? Um, I think I used to think something else about it. I think before, you know, I kind of like said said it earlier. Like it, we tell ourselves that being humble is like thinking terribly about yourself. Um, I think my favorite description of it was one of my teachers in Bible college said it was having an accurate estimation of yourself. 
So I'm not thinking too highly of myself, but also not thinking too lowly of myself. Um, because like God's a loving father. It's like, if I, I just picture of like, if I'm a dad and my kid comes up to me and just like, I'm not worthy of your love father. <laughs> like, uh, it's like, you don't want to hear that as a dad. Like you want your kid to enjoy you and like jump up into your arms and stuff. And you know, when correction is needed, like you bring correction the way like a loving father does. But, um, yeah, so I think it's, it's finding that place of like staying in between those two lines of, of knowing that we're completely dependent on him, but still knowing that like he loves us no matter what. Um, and so having an accurate estimation of yourself that I'm completely dependent on, upon the Lord, but th- like in partnership with him, I can do amazing things. Uh, I think that's probably the best description of humility I can come up with for myself. <laughs> that's, I love that. That's a great spot to roll out on. Uh, hey, Cody, we just really appreciate you, man. Thank you for what you do. You're very gifted, obviously, in the CrossFit world, but you're also gifted in just the way that you speak to people and the way that you uh, encourage through the life you live and the words that you use. And so we're very thankful that you're on our team and on our side and uh, just a blessing, man. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Hey, guys, I hope that was beneficial to you. Man, Cody's just such a great guy. I really enjoyed getting to have a conversation with him and sitting down. Man, people that don't enjoy small talk that just dive right in really make my job easy and so uh, I hope you guys got some nuggets out of it because I know that I did hope that you'll re-listen to it again if there's something that just tweaked your heart and something that you really want to know more about Uh, you can find Cody on Instagram Uh, we'll put all his stuff in the show notes below he's an amazing guy he's an amazing influence and man he's just honestly he's fun to follow because he's such a funny guy thank you to Cody for just taking the time to do that with us and hey guys thank you to our sponsors Cody Coffee Go get your bag of your new favorite coffee using the code KNOWN at CodyCoffee.com. Hey guys, if there's anything we can do for you, if we can pray for you, if we can step into your life in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. That's what we're here for. We pray that we can be the hands and feet of God as it's needed in the community. And so guys, if we can do anything for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. You can email us at info at humbledaily.com or you can just message us on Instagram. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for what you do. If you liked it and it spurs you forward to, please leave a rating and a review. It really helps us out. Hope you guys have a great week.